It was the deal no one saw coming as the Bucks swoop in to land Damian Lillard in a trade announced just moments ago. We break down the deal and where Miami goes from here. Did the front office handle this badly? And what could they have done differently? We'll break it all down today on Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is David Ramil. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Uh, well, not the podcast you and I thought we would be doing uh, this week, David. Uh, not at all what we thought we would be doing here. We are recording this just minutes after news breaking that the Portland Trailblazers are trading Damian Lillard not to the Miami Heat, but to the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, and let's just get right into this. We're going to talk about what this trade is, if Pat Riley and the Miami Heat just basically dropped the ball on this whole thing, and what comes next for the Miami Heat as they continue to pursue players who can help them win an NBA championship during Jimmy Butler's championship window. Well, let's just get to the nitty-gritty and the details of this trade here. You can see it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. The Trailblazers in this deal are going to get Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, who's a young player from Phoenix, a 2029 unprotected pick from Milwaukee, and then pick swaps from Milwaukee in 2028 and 2030. Of course, the Milwaukee Bucks get Damian Lillard in the deal, and the Phoenix Suns are the third team involved here. They're going to go ahead and get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. Not a bad return if you're Phoenix and you're trading DeAndre Ayton. They get some depth there. But the story here is obviously Milwaukee getting Damian Lillard. We could carve into this in a couple of different ways, David. We could talk about Milwaukee's perspective, Damian Lillard and Giannis. Does this keep Giannis in Milwaukee long-term and what that means for the Miami Heat? Because the Bucks are obviously an Eastern Conference rival. How that changes the landscape that the Miami Heat are looking at right now in the conference. But let's start with Portland. Because I just want to remind people what they got here. Remove the Phoenix Suns part of this, David. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. They were getting DeAndre Ayton no matter what. That part of the deal was done. I had been told multiple times by multiple people that part was done, and it was just a matter of what the other teams were involved. But the Nurkic for DeAndre Ayton swap was going to happen. So I don't even count that in this. I really don't. Just just take a look at what Portland got from Milwaukee. They got Drew Holiday and a first-round pick. That's what they got. Get these pick swaps out of here. I don't care about them. There's been studies done. The pick swaps don't really generate anything more value in terms of what you would actually have gotten if you just kept your pick. I don't care about them. Pick swaps are only for PR releases. That's what those are for. It's like, oh, well, it's kind of like three first-round picks. No, it's not. You got one first-round pick and a 33-year-old good player in Drew Holiday, but one that they're going to have to apparently flip. And I don't know what you can get for Drew Holiday in the open market. I suppose we could talk about that later on. But in terms of raw value, David, my question is this. Is that really better than what Miami could have given them? It's not a raw value. You can't separate the Drew Holiday factor. That's 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 what we have to look into this. It's the reality is one, I think Portland did not want to deal with Miami. Whether Miami is at fault for that or because Joe Cronin had a personal grudge against Damian Lillard and his request and Aaron Goodwin and everything else, who knows? That's something that might come up uh days from now or if it ever comes up, because we rarely Get to hear I can tell you right now, Portland, Portland didn't want to deal with Miami. We know this. That's, That's a fact. That's fair. Aside from that, though, as far as the return is concerned, you can't remove the Drew Holiday factor from it because they are going to get something in return for him. And if that's the case, 
then that's when you weigh the sum total of what they got back. They got the player. And again, you're, you're removing Phoenix from this. But the player that they did get, DeAndre Ayton, fits what Portland is looking for better than anything Miami could have offered. Well, that's the reason I'm Jaime separating Hodges, it is because Nicola the reason Jokovic I'm separating it is because Aiton would have went to Portland if Miami were involved. Like they were getting Aiton, whether Miami Perhaps. was involved or Milwaukee was involved, they're going to get Aiton. Yes, I mean that. That seems like again a lot of the reports around the time, a lot of what we've heard was that Phoenix was involved as a third team. Miami was going to be dealing with Portland. So it's like that didn't happen. I, we're hearing right now, even as the news just broke about Milwaukee a few minutes ago. Already for Portland folks saying that uh, Miami hadn't actually engaged Miami. I heard otherwise that the both teams talked yesterday. I guess maybe that was a last gasp from the heat to try and reach Portland and negotiate something. I don't know. I guess Portland did. Again, as we've said many times on the show over the last few days, we thought Miami's package was fine. It just wasn't what Portland was looking for. And I think from Portland's perspective, one, they didn't want to deal with the heat and they preferred whatever it is that they got from Milwaukee, including holiday, because I think I, they'll be able to get more for him later on. And then you can kind of look at more the for holiday goals. than they would have gotten for Tyler hero. If they tried to trade Tyler hero, yes. I guess maybe, but yes. Mike Conley got Utah kind of a first round pick, even though Utah, well, Utah sucks to... because Utah, I mean, well, I mean, Minnesota, Utah, I mean, I, I don't, the whole, the whole thing that they've done over the last, I don't know, last couple of seasons has just changed the trade market considerably. Now, between Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard, we're seeing superstar players <laughs> for varying reasons. I know there was a no-trade contact in, in, you know, in, in clause in Beal's contract, yeah. but these superstar players getting traded for less than you would think on the open market, and then all of a sudden you've got Minnesota trading five first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. I just, so, I, I, Drew Holiday, I think you can get a first-round pick for him and, and whatever player. matching salary, a, a player. I don't know about a good player, but you'll get players maybe that you have to stack up to his salary. I just can't imagine that that's going to be better than what you could have gotten for Tyler Hero in terms of an asset. Like I would have, I I don't think that there's any doubt if for a rebuilding team, you'd rather have young 23 year old Tyler Hero than 33 year old Drew Holiday. Even if you, and Portland fans or whatever, Milwaukee fans might, and you're saying this, like you could flip Drew Holiday for first. You could have flipped Tyler Hero for a first. You could have done the same thing. Or you could have just kept Tyler Hero, who's a better asset than a first-round pick. And by the way, whatever first-round pick you get for Drew Holiday is probably going to be 24th pick in the draft. Like, no, only contenders are going to be interested in Drew Holiday, and maybe that one of those contenders includes Miami Heat. Again, put a pin in that. We'll talk about that later on. I just, if I'm a Portland fan, I'm looking at this and... They're happy. They're happy. I, as I, I, right. I, I wouldn't. I would, if I'm a Portland fan, I'm not. I, don't, I think that there's obviously a sentiment, oh, we didn't, we didn't succumb to Miami. We didn't give in to the big market, and he's not going to Miami. But when you look at what you got at the end of the day, you got Drew Holiday and a first-round pick. And, yeah, you got DeAndre Ayton and all that stuff, but I will, I, you could have gotten that if you would have just dealt with Miami. Like, I, I, you got to be happy if you're getting DeAndre Ayton. That is a huge win for Portland. That is a huge win for Portland, especially moving Nurkic out. And well, we don't DeAndre even know Aiden. that Miami offered Hero, and again, maybe they will talk about that later on the show too. But we don't know that Miami. Actually the report ever is that they. The report is yeah, that they offered the Tyler Hero in in July and, and two picks. That's more already than what you would have got than what you got from Milwaukee. Tyler Hero two picks and DeAndre Ayton is better than Drew Holiday one pick and DeAndre Ayton. It just is. So then, is. then, so that it has nothing to do. I mean, this is kind of letting the cat out of the bag regarding our second segment, but it would have had nothing to do with what Miami was able to accomplish. Like, Miami did not screw the pooch on this. They did not. I guess, but also. They couldn't have changed it. 
I don't know. It, it's so hard. I get, you're right. We're going to talk about that later. But it is so difficult to know what really happened because to the point you made is Portland didn't want to deal with Miami. They just didn't want to do it. And I think this trade with the Milwaukee Bucks, looking at what they got from Milwaukee, makes it very clear. Let's just put this another way, David. The Milwaukee Bucks got Damian Lillard for Drew Holiday and a first-round pick and Grayson Allen. Are you kidding me? What a steal from the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's talk about that briefly. What do you do now if you're the Miami Heat? Because you're now looking at the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, Giannis is staying in Milwaukee. He's going to sign that extension next summer because Damian Lillard is under contract for four more years. Like, that's your core. Damian Lillard, Giannis, that's a hand-in-glove fit, man. You've got maybe the the, the biggest basket vertical threat at the basket in the league in Giannis and the best floor spacer outside of the Bay Area in Damian Lillard. Teams aren't going to know which direction to defend. They're not going to know which way to go. I mean, this is going to create havoc. They, they, the Milwaukee Bucks are now undisputedly the favorites in the Eastern Conference. Agree or disagree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the team to beat. Think, yeah. I think it's 1A, and then you can put Boston there far below them, and then you can put Miami there third along with Philadelphia. All right. Well, let's talk about this. Whether Did, did Pat Riley drop the ball on this? Is there anything that the Miami Heat could have done We'll give you the latest reporting and everything that we've heard and what we think on the other side of this. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Are you missing the syrup for your pancakes? Or maybe you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer with DoorDash Grocery Deliver. You can get what you want right when you need it. Look, I mean, a day like today, I don't feel like leaving the house. So <laughs> if I'm going to need something, either groceries or something to eat for dinner, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Is this like a situation where you just go on DoorDash, you get a big bottle of wine and a a, a, a tin of ice cream, and you just said, you know what, I'm just going to try my sorrow. I like mixing ice cream with wine, but if it's that combination that you want, DoorDash absolutely has you covered. If you can, Right now, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order with up to $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. It's a limited time offer in terms to apply, but that's 50% off a $20 no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and wherever it is that you get your podcast. Make sure you're with us next week for Media Day. We'll be live at Media Day at the Miami Heat's facility, talking to all the players who apparently will not include Damian Lillard. On the bright side, there is clarity now for the Miami Heat, at least for right now. Somewhat, somewhat yeah. Somewhat. Um, they will not be entering next season with Damian Lillard, but I do think improvements need to be made. We'll talk about what those improvements can look like in a second, but David, first, I just want to get into this a little bit more. There are going to be Heat fans, and there are Heat fans that are upset with Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg and Adam Simon. Oh, yeah. They dropped the bag, and, they fumbled and, the bag, et cetera. It's worth it's worth having that conversation, did they? No, I don't think so. Again, if, if you look at it, the perspective that you've laid out, that Miami's initial offer, as reported by Mark Spears, and how true that might be, again, and we can't question his reporting, but that's what he said. He said that Portland, people in the Portland organization told him Miami initially reached out at the start of the year, start of the offseason, excuse me, and offered Tyler Hero two first-round picks. If you look at it from that... And that obviously would have included... Kyle Lowry or Duncan Robinson yeah, yeah. for salary, salary fill or something like that. But if you look at that versus what Portland did get, 
I think you could. It's pretty clear that Miami's offer was better. I think Miami's yes. picks have more value than whatever Milwaukee's picks might have in twenty eight and thirty, and whatever the pick swaps are and things of that sort. And you look at Drew Holiday and whatever return he might net. And again, you look at the fact that Phoenix was going to be involved as a potential partner with Miami and Portland. That it didn't matter. They were just a third team looking in. It's like I don't care where you send Dame Lillard because you're not sending him here. But we'll we'll gladly send you DeAndre Ayton off our hands in exchange for Yusuf Nurkic and a year little whatever. So if you you think about it from that perspective, I think Miami made a better offer. Portland said, we don't care. We don't want to deal with you. I think they were upset at the way Aaron Goodwin and uh, as representatives for Damian Lillard handled the situation. Maybe they felt low-balled with Pat Riley. Maybe they thought Pat Riley had come had come up with this plan together with Goodwin and Damian Lillard to kind of force Joe Cronin's hand. And I guess Cronin took a stand and refused to deal with Miami. It just... It doesn't seem like there's anything that Pat Riley could have done. Look, I mean, these negotiation things, again, I, I've said this many times in the podcast before. You and I both agree about this. These things don't happen very quickly. They're announced quickly, but there's conversations. There's human interaction. There's I don't want to deal with you. Just like in any job in the world, you have somebody that you have to call, whether it's a client or a customer or a coworker. It's just like oh, you roll your eyes. You go, oh, I don't want to deal with that jerk. Maybe that's just the way Joe Cronin feels about Pat Riley. They don't want to deal with Pat Riley. Maybe he's just too difficult. Maybe he, he, there's a sense that he's too full of himself. I don't know. I'm projecting here, and, and this is all completely theoretic. But I think there was enough ill will from the Portland side of things that they did not want to just send – they didn't want to be forced into dealing Damian Lillard into the situation that he created, which is going directly to the Miami Heat. Heat fans want to blame somebody. No doubt. I don't think that – the Heat are to blame in this necessarily. I, I believe that the Heat were trying to figure out a way to create a framework that would be very similar to the one that Damian Lillard ultimately got traded for and that Portland accepted. And, and I will say this again. I thought Miami's offer, even if it was Tyler Hero and two first-round picks. And by the way, they could have thrown the swaps in there too. We could do the fake swap thing. We Go ahead. Have the fake swap thing. That would have been better than what... <laughs> it would have been better than what Milwaukee... Uh, offered and ultimately got Damian Lillard for. Um, if you want to blame somebody, I, I think you need to blame Aaron Goodwin and and Damian Lillard in in this. They misplayed their hand. They misplayed the player empowerment thing. They went too strong. They did it too strong. The moment Damian Lillard listed one preferred destination was when all of this was done. That's when it was over for the Miami Heat. Evidently, that's when it was over. Not just because it pissed off Portland, right? But it pissed off fans. It put Joe Cronin in a corner where he couldn't take the better offer. Joe Cronin couldn't. He had the better offer for Miami. He couldn't take it. He wasn't going to be able to do it because he had backed himself in a corner by refusing to do business with Miami and, 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 and being publicly upset that Damian Lillard had done it this way. And all the the toxic conversation around Damian Lillard and whether or not Portland owes it to him for this or that or whatever it might be. It ultimately put Cronin in this corner where he had to take the worst offer. And that's what happened here. And that's Aaron Goodwin and Damian Lillard's fault. They misplayed their hand. And for whatever it's worth, Aaron Gordon or uh, Aaron Goodwin, this is the first time he's ever had to deal with a star player getting traded, right? This wasn't Rich Paul. This wasn't CAA. This wasn't a, 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 an agency in representation that has a ton of experience in doing this, and he misplayed his hand. He misplayed his hand. He tried to go too public with it. That resulted in a, a, a memo and the warning of a fine and other punitive measures. 
they just misplayed this. And when it became clear that Lillard only wanted Miami, I don't think that Portland, I think Portland was motivated not to send him to Miami, but I also think that Portland was under quite a bit of pressure from other small market teams and owners and maybe general managers to not trade Damian Lillard to Miami because of the precedent it might set. Now, I think that's a little bogus, but I, I do think that Cronin was under that amount of pressure. And ultimately, he had to take an offer that I just don't think was as good as what it is that the Heat could have provided. Yeah. I I, I think that's a good point that a lot of people, I don't think, are nearly discussing enough. I mean, you've seen the public vitriol on social media and everything else, the way that Miami fans have handled, the way that Miami's front office may or may not have or allegedly have handled this. But I think there's a lot to be said about the way that Cronin was probably being looked at around the league and how he would handle this. And, and I guess, but I, I can't also it's a win for I, small markets and it's a loss for I, Portland. I just, I, I, I hate small market, big market talk because Miami isn't a big market. And by any definition, it's viewed as a city that Miami, that players like to play in. But again, as I've said before, has nothing to do with the weather and everything to do with the fact that Miami's a damn good team that has established winning ways for three decades. That's kind of the kind of that's the consistency. That's the culture. That's what makes it appealing to other free agents and stars or anything else like that. Is that Miami's a damn good team? If you want to be a good team, maybe be a better team, <laughs> do things smartly, and then you can kind of establish that consistency. Don't hire a coach every mm -hmm. year and a half. And then you can all of a sudden not be looked at as just all this woeful small market that can't get good players. It's like, well, maybe you just, you know, you have hierarchical problems that are go beyond just whatever your 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 you know your geographic location might be. This is this is disappointing. Uh it's uh, hard do not to do we need to... to do blame pie? No, no, I'm not, I won't do blame pie because there's just nobody to blame. Like I, I think it's you can blame 50% on Aaron Goodwin. Uh and okay, Lillard. Five, He's yeah, part of it. I guess. I mean, but what does he know? Like he doesn't know. He's never negotiated jack shit. Like he, he's he can't a thirty-three-year-old grown he's man. He's a thirty-three-year-old man that has has, he has exactly handled. No, he does not. You know, you've talked to he enough players to know that I think the vast majority of them don't have ownership over their very lives. Even at thirty-three, as much as Dame is, you know, has explored his interests off the court, including boxing and or rapping and and what anything else. I think the reality is when it comes to business. I just let my angels handle it because that's the no, reality of life in the NBA. True. Damian Lillard knew what he was doing. He wanted to list the one destination. He knew what he was doing when he, he went on that he, podcast. He was told. He, he was to told in Miami. That was a exactly. question off the cuff. He that was a, right, look. I, that's not the that's not the basis for this podcast. I think he had a small piece in it, the same way like any advisor right. would come up to you that you put your life in. And Aaron Goodman has been his agent for as long as he's been in the league, and he's told him, "Look, I think this is a strategy that we can utilize." It's like you feel you think this is going to work. And Goodwin was like, yeah. And then Dane was like, all right, you think this is going to work? I'll go with it. You don't think this is going to piss people off? It might, but it's going to get you in Miami. All right, fine. They I think even right it. now, is, Lillard's and, and accepted the deal. Like, I, I know they don't have to accept it, but they heard, they, they've heard this. I'm sure Goodwin's already been on the phone with Milwaukee's front office. And he's probably told that Lillard's going to report to camp and everything's going to be fine. Of course, so. Milwaukee must have gotten that kind of clarification before pulling the trigger on this. And that, and that, and I think that's the bet that teams like maybe Toronto was even exploring when we talked about them. They said, hey, you know what? We're going to bet on Damian Lillard being a professional for his entire career and not just these last couple of months of trying to get his way. Um, and look, he should be happy to play in Milwaukee. You get to play with Giannis oh, yeah. and potentially go win a championship. And you know what? About the city. I yeah. haven't really thought about it right now. 
but they're probably i don't know they might be my championship favorite at this point oh no they're a better team than denver i'm sorry i they're better maybe phoenix Phoenix, you would i think people would throw them in there like that's sort of the group but they're in that they are firmly in that group where i think a lot of people would have had them maybe even below boston in the eastern conference prior to this trade right like they are clearly the team to beat in the eastern conference so congrats to damian lillard you're gonna go have a chance to win that championship but um if if you get booed in miami no, he won't get booed in Miami. That's not his fault that he didn't get traded there. Portland, like every anybody that represents the Portland Trailblazers will get booed. Like Chauncey Billups will just get booed in Miami. I don't know why he had nothing to do with this, but he will be. Um, but I, I'll I just want to end it on this before we get to before we spin things forward and, and get to what's next here. Um, I do think, um, I don't know that the Heat dropped the ball necessarily. And for whatever reason, however they, however much they were involved with Damian Lillard, whether they were as a front office or it was Jimmy Butler or it was Bam Adebayo and Dame's ear or whatever, this didn't work. And this is this was a limit of player empowerment. And if you are anti-player empowerment, this was a win for you, even though I still think that this is a win for Damian Lillard. He ultimately didn't get to the place that he wanted to get to. And so I, I find that interesting in all of this. But let's move on. What's next for the Miami Heat? Is there another star that they could go ahead and try to get? Because now the East just got that much harder. It's a lose-lose almost for the Miami Heat right now. But we'll talk about what comes next after this. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure that you're tuned in all of next week. We're going to be bringing you live coverage from Miami Heat Media Day and training camp in Boca Raton. You're going to want to tune into that. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube on your favorite they, podcast. They now. screwed our fans. Most, I think the biggest thing is they screwed our fans. Our fans of the podcast, they screwed the Heat fans. Like That was just... Why? By putting it in I, Boca? I, I, no, 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 no. I'm saying the Portland Trailblazers. I'm, just, I'm still, I'm oh. still thinking about the trade. I mean, today seems like I, I, like an afterthought that I could really care less about right now. Like I'll shift into media day mode in a day or two, but for now, it doesn't. Like it's just months, dude. We've been talking about this for months. Like I, I've been to a Hall of Fame induction for Dwayne Wade, Las Vegas Summer League. Months of speculation. We could have been doing so many other things. Free agency, the draft. This has all happened since the initial trade request to Miami. And for Heat fans to have been emotionally invested for months, only for it to fall apart. Like This morning, Wes, this morning we're hearing from a, a plugged-in Toronto reporter, the Raps aren't in it. Okay. That Miami yeah. is going to be the destination. We've heard you and I from multiple other sources. Heat. We're in contact yesterday. The heat stuff was very loud this morning. And credit to Milwaukee for moving in silence. G like lasagna. You know, it's, it's good for them, man. Like they, they did it, you know? And, and and I I wonder, we we can't do that. this. I'm not doing that today. We're not doing that. Let's do do, Then let's do what you want to do. Is this a failure for the Miami heat? This entire off season, not just Damian Lillard, David, we were talking at one point about maybe getting Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal. That was a thing that was out there and written in the Miami Herald. We were legitimately talking about that. Uh, the Bradley Beal had the no trade clause. And for years, for years, there was speculation that if he were going to get traded away from the Washington, yeah. D.C., that he would end up in Miami because he loves Same Dwayne Wade and he loves Miami and he played for the Florida Gators and all these things. They don't get Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal instead gets traded for Chris Paul's expiring salary 
and a sock full of second round picks. Okay. And then, so they don't get Bradley Beal and they don't get, and they don't get Damian Lillard. Yes or no. Is this a failure of an off season for the Miami heat? You can't control those things. You really can't. They couldn't have done it. Like there's no way of knowing at the time Bradley Beal, when that deal was consummated, I think you and I and heat fandom in general said, no, no, you can't put all your eggs in Bradley Beal's basket because you want to be, you want to get Damian Lillard. It, you know, your powder dry for Damian Lillard. And you had no way of knowing. In retrospect, should they have just done that then? Should they have just grabbed Beal at the start of the offseason, filled out the rest of the roster and dealt with it, and said if Dame gets traded, Dame gets traded. By the way, if all it took was Kyle Lowry and one first-round pick, maybe they could have done it anyway. No, you can't go back and do that. You can't go. It does. It's futile to live in the past like that to say, oh, if if Pat Riley had his crystal ball and would have looked three months into the future, then, well, then uh, with that in then mind, yes. let's look to the future. Let's look to the future. What happens I now? Will. What happens now for the I, I'm also – You can't – you, you, Go ahead. Yeah. No, sorry. I, I, I'm interrupting you because I know I, I, Heat fans already – some part of their brains are already saying, oh, Joel Embiid, Giannis, I don't know, James Harden. Take Giannis that. off James the Harden table. James Harden is a name – yeah, Giannis is off the table. I don't give a damn. I will not talk about Joel Embiid on today's show. Tomorrow, maybe. Two days from now, maybe. Not today. I'm not. I'm not going to get okay. again. Let's, no, let's not do it. But there's other names. Talk. There's other. No, no. I, we got to do the superstar talk right now. Look, the Heat no, are staring no up way. at a juggernaut of Giannis and there Damian Lillard. There are no superstars to acquire today, nor by the start of camp. But you nor, need to start thinking about what you got to start thinking about what you're going to do. No superstar, not I superstar, not David. That. You I, can't stand Pat. I, this team is not good enough to beat Milwaukee no, or Boston. You're right. These teams. You're right. But I have been consistent in saying that Miami has not needed another superstar. They just needed better role players, which is why. That's what I'm talking about, David. We're talking about the same thing. So what do you do next? What do you do? Because you can't do this. It can't be this team. No Joel Embiid. Trade Tyler because already you've burned that bridge, I think. And I know that Tyler would probably be a professional and report back. I don't know. I don't know what you'll get from Charlotte. I don't know what you get from Utah. I don't know if Buddy Heald is necessarily an upgrade. I personally think he will at least be more of a niche role that he can fill uh, as a Heald's as a not the answer. Heald's a good player. He's not the answer. He doesn't take. I don't team think that's the, the answer. Uh, I, I think you go in for Drew Holiday. I, I really do. If if you're looking at the mm. juggernaut of Milwaukee being formed there, and I think you know Bam is going to do a very good job on Giannis. Plus, How interesting would that be to Miami have to have Milwaukee and Miami meet in the playoffs, and the player they they he could happen. not get is Damian Lillard, and the player that they assigned happen. to defend Damian Lillard is the player that the Milwaukee Bucks traded for Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday. That's a great it's story. I I have a hard time, and look, you and I talked briefly about this before we even started recording. I have a hard time with the Drew Holiday thing for two reasons. Number one. I don't think that there is a amount of pride that would stop Miami from improving the team necessarily if it was a clear improvement. And when I, I mentioned that only to say in order to acquire Drew Holiday, you're going to have to get on that phone with Joe Cronin, the guy that didn't want to deal with you in regards to Damon Lillard. You're going to have to get on that phone call and say, well, if it's not Dame, what is it going to take to get Drew Holiday off your hands? Drew Holiday is a hand in glove fit for the Miami heat in terms of defensively what it is, his whole Miami outlook on the, on the game, all this. Like, he seems like a Miami Heat player and has for a very long time. 
I just don't think he like when you look at what it is that stopped Miami at the end, it was that they couldn't score in the half court. And Drew Holiday has routinely kind of come up short in the playoffs in terms of scoring. His scoring numbers sure. dip every year in the playoffs. Defensively, he's awesome. Like teams won't score against the Miami Heat if it's Drew Holiday, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler. When those three are on the floor, that is terrifying. But I don't know. I I, I think you're kind of just doubling down on a strength like the heat are already a top 10 defense i think they're going to be fine defensively with or without drew holiday i question whether or not they're going to be able to score in the half court even with drew holiday like that's my problem they and so it's it like out. they can figure, figure it out look I, look how about this i i i've if you have drew smith there i'm sorry not drew smith drew holiday I'm, I'm, that's why i'm thinking about drew, drew holiday, holiday. Yeah. i was thinking i was i thought you were going to pivot and ask is drew holiday an improvement or whatever miami has in the roster right now and the answer is clearly yes like you know, you've got Kyle Lowry, who I think will probably start or at least get the opportunity. You got Drew Smith, neither of those viable point guard options. Right. Tyler Hero, Justin, neither of those viable point guard options. If you're looking at, at at Holiday, I think he's a clear upgrade. Wouldn't you have rather had him out there than Gabe freaking Vincent trying to limit Jamal Murray? I know All I of sure a sudden you're disparaging would. Gabe Vincent. No, I mean, no, look. I've been no, consistent that... in disparaging Gabe Vincent. Like, Gabe was a fine person to talk to and a decent player. But he wasn't the answer, and nor Look, was he going to be the reason that, why Miami struggled I'm, this offseason. I'm not going to tell you that Drew Holiday is not a good player. I love Drew Holiday. I've, I've been, I've, I've written so many things about Drew Holiday. I love to, Drew Holiday, but I don't, don't know that it's. Well, I look at what it would cost, and I, by the way, I don't know. I don't know what it costs to trade for 33 year old Drew Holiday, who you're going to have to pay in a year. I don't know if it's one first round maybe. pick. Maybe it's a conversation. I don't know. I'm not trading Tyler Hero for Drew Holiday. That's a that's that's a non-starter. If it's Lowry in a first, I, I don't know that that's interesting to Portland. Even like, okay, now we have Lowry to deal with. Like, why not? Why wouldn't it be? I don't. I don't. Maybe. Maybe it's just worth getting the pick. I guess for them. I, and, and Lowry's deal is expiring, and maybe you can flip him closer to the deadline. I guess. I don't know. I'll, to me, I'm looking bigger. And if it co- if it costs me one first round pick, that is one first round pick less than I can use for something bigger. Can I give you a different name, David? Sure. <laughs> you hate this so much. Yeah, I, I don't want to go into bigger talk right now because I've said it like for the whole year, even last year, when I thought this was a damn good team and everybody was like, no, they, they suck, they, they stink, etc. I said, no, I think they, they need to make marginal improvements. I need to get a little bit better, but it's still a finals team. They yeah. went to the finals. Everybody marginal improvements. Well, all we're talking about is marginal improvements here, David. I got one more marginal improvement. Right, well, okay, okay. okay. Cam right. Johnson. Cam Johnson is interesting to me. You had reportedly talked to Brooklyn about maybe a Tyler Hero deal. Can you do Cam Johnson plus some stuff for Tyler Hero? That to me is interesting. Cam Johnson, 27 years old. He's older than Tyler Hero, 23. That's Brooklyn why I think. Because Brooklyn doesn't have a, a long-term answer in the backcourt. Tyler Hero makes a lot of sense, I think, for their roster. Um, I don't know that you need Cam Johnson on that roster. You got Dorian Finney Smith, you got Mikel Bridges, you got Ben Simmons, you got Nick Claxton, you got a bunch of guys in that front court that you like. Cam Johnson's fine, but he's not like handling the ball for you. I don't know that he necessarily changes things for you. And if you're Miami, you could plug him in at power forward. He spaces the floor, he's like a 40% career three point shooter or close to it. I don't know. I, I don't know that I would even do that if it costs you Tyler Hero because I think Tyler no. Hero is a very good player. But I would at least explore it. It's just a name that came up. Uh, Cam Johnson obviously played for Team USA. Eric Spolster was a coach on that team. 
I just it was a yep. name that came up. I'm just trying to think of long term answers at power forward because I don't really see him. Like I know that there's gonna be talk about Kelly Olynyk. No. That's not a long term answer. I'm not yep. doing that. I, I don't know that uh anybody else in that power forward like I don't know that there's young power forwards. Do you call Portland up about Jeremy Grant? I don't know if they're interested in moving Jeremy Grant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's okay. I, I don't know, but Cam Johnson well, to me feels like a gettable type of name. Um, can I throw one more? Can I throw uh, I got no, two no. Can, can we stick on that for a little bit? Cam Johnson? Can we stick on that yeah, one for ahead. a little bit? No, yeah. Jeremy Grant. Oh, Grant. Jeremy Grant. Okay. Okay. Do you I don't think to make he's a the right move for Grant, for Grant and Holiday? And Holiday? Just, yeah. I just don't see. I just don't see Portland and Miami working together, man. I don't know. I don't know that it happens. I just don't see it. After all of this, okay. Well, I know Pat take, Riley is well, the mean, guy that told takes... Danny Ainge to STFU and then continue to do deals with them, but I just don't. How could you do business with that team right now? Maybe that's why they're making millions of dollars and they're in front offices and I'm hosting a podcast because I would just be like, no way, guy. No way. I, I don't know. We deal with John Corral, so it's high. I mean, you can accept it, that's right? True. After a while, it's. Um, that's a good point. No, listen. I is, would Holiday and Jeremy Grant. I don't even know. That's they'd so be improvements over Miami. You'd have to send out what Duncan, Lowry, everything, Tyler. right? That's not worth it. It would be a lot. It. It would no, be a it's, lot. That's like $62 million in salary, which is almost 20 more million than what Damon Lillard was making this year. It's really hard. It's really, I, really hard to get there. I mean, you could, I mean, I guess, no, technically you could do it. It's Tyler, Kyle Lowry, and like Caleb Martin or something. That would kind of get you there. Kyle Lowry, Caleb, well, not Duncan? No, because then actually Lowry, that, Duncan, goes, that goes over. It would be, it would be Lowry, Hero, and Caleb kind of gets you there. I'm just doing very quick trade machine math. You know, Duncan Robinson would take you too far up. It would be Caleb, Tyler, and Lowry for Holiday and Jeremy Grant. It's a lot. Um, I don't know how much better. Look, I mean, listen is. for for Heat fans that are that are pulling their hair out right now. Uh, you know, it, even on it's just Twitter, right? So it doesn't really matter. Uh, Bernie Lee agent for Jimmy Butler. I know that uh, he's responding to somebody here, but uh, he says in regards to Jimmy Butler, he has more than enough, always has, and always will. The only other place he plays is PSG. I don't know what that means. I guess that's something soccer related. If they ever get back to me on the offer to be a social media manager, third string goalkeeper. So I think it's just, uh, I think he's for everybody concerned. And now Jimmy's on the clock or anything like that. I, I think, I mean, again, it's just Twitter. But I, I don't think those concerns are that high. Jimmy jokingly going on Instagram a second after Woj announced the trade and calling for the NBA to uh, to to look into some tar- uh, some tampering, tampering charges against the Milwaukee, Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. Yeah, kind of hilarious. I, I think I think he would have been happy with a Lillard upgrade. I think he'll be happy without it. And I think. Ugh. And I know that's so depressing. Don't hear this either. No, I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to hear it. No, also. no. I don't want to hear that, David. No, you'd rather talk about Joel Embiid than they have enough because I think I, I you think keep bringing up Joel Embiid. I haven't brought up Joel Embiid once this entire show. You're the you one that keeps bringing him up. You, you told me yesterday, James Harden. I mean, you want to bring That's up the James other name Harden. I want to get to. Can we explore James Harden because it's worth exploring here? This is news. Never this is news. James Harden Never. is on an expiring contract, and all those issues that you had with Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard in terms of long term salary and what that does to getting him up for second luxury tax apron and all that stuff. You get James Harden this year, you're not dealing with any of that. You're not dealing with any of that. And we know Philadelphia is motivated to get off of James Harden, even if they oh. say publicly they're not going to trade James Harden. 
I don't know what it would cost. I don't know what it would cost, but you could potentially send Kyle Lowry back home to Philadelphia. He would not rock the boat in the way that James Harden would. You can elevate Tyrese Maxey. I don't know what else it would be, but I do think that James Harden is, and I can't believe I'm saying this, kind of a low-risk, high-reward option here because if it doesn't work out, let him walk next year, and you're done with him. And now, all of a sudden, you have a, you've got that whole cap slot available. You don't have to worry about it. Like, it doesn't necessarily work that way. The Heat won't still have, still won't have cap space, but you still have some flexibility built around that. So I think it's worth bringing up if you're Miami, at least giving Daryl Morey a call and just being like, what's it going to be? If it's Tyler Hero for James Harden, don't you have to at least think about that? I feel like I've aged 10 years in the last 45 seconds. I can't. All right. Can I give one more name to you? You don't want to talk about Harden. I, one more name for you. One more name for you, and then we'll, and then we'll, we'll sign off here. All right. I do think this one is really worth bringing up. The Donovan okay. Mitchell noise is growing. Oh. And I, <laughs> I don't mean to immediately pivot back to somewhere we once were and something where yes, we you can do. go again. But, I, but yes, I do. But the Donovan Mitchell noise is growing. He is not. He it's been reported by multiple different outlets now that he's not expected nope. to sign an extension with Cleveland. So if you're the Cavaliers, you got to sit there and be like, well, what are we going to do right now? We have Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt. That was cool for a year. We won a bunch of games last season, but we have a clear ceiling in the playoffs, and we already know that we're building around uh, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, right? So if you're the Cavs, you got to at least start thinking about what it is that you want to do. With Donovan Mitchell. And if you're Miami, you've already shown interest in Donovan Mitchell in the past. Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo have that relationship. And maybe you're a little bit more keen on adding Donovan Mitchell on a lower salary and who is younger than you would maybe somebody like Damian Lillard. And so if I, I don't know, again, what Cleveland would be looking for in a deal, but I would imagine it would be some amount of draft picks to replenish the ones that they lost in that Mitchell exchange in the first place. And some good young players, and maybe in a, uh, in a few months from now, Jovic, Hakez, Tyler Hero, like these guys look good to them. I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's worth bringing up, David. Oh, are we done? I can't do it. I cannot do it. No, I don't think it's legitimate. I don't think it's legitimate. I, I will not. I think this this uh, summer has taught me a lesson about the, the, the noise never being exactly what it is. You know, I should know this after 10 years covering and, and even longer than that following the league, but uh, the noise just gets so loud. And I think social well, media... Well, what do you mean by that? The it. noise isn't what it is. I think the noise... We knew exactly what was happening with this Portland no, thing. No, 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 no. I don't... I mean, we I didn't know that he would ultimately get traded to Milwaukee, but I didn't... I didn't find it all that... I can't tell you I, I'm sitting here and I get that alert and I'm surprised. I can't... I expected ultimately the heat to get it done. But the fact that Milwaukee and everything, like all of this kind of. I think that's the very definition of surprise that we thought it was going to be one thing and it happened to be something completely different. Like we knew a trade was going to happen, but the, the buzz being Toronto or Miami for a, a, almost a week now seemed pretty clear. One of those two. I teams. never bought the Toronto thing. You and I were consistent on that. Yeah, I, but I didn't. Uh, as a challenger to Miami, I did not see Milwaukee coming in there. This would have been as surprising as, say. If I guess had, I'm surprised. I guess I'm surprised because of all the cost was Holiday in a first. What, what if we yeah. had got a tweet that it was Chicago, Zach Levine in a first-round pick? Like, they can't flip Zach Levine for more than they can flip Drew Holiday for, I think. I mean, look, I, I to your point, to your point, I there is a level of surprise to this. But again, like, you can't, based on the lack of conversations and the amount of tension that had built up between the two front offices, Portland's front office and Miami's front office, you can't be shocked that the deal didn't get done with Miami. I guess you could be shocked, and ultimately, what I, did happen with Milwaukee. But, um, I... 
I, I, I just my, the thing I'm coming back to right now with Miami Heat changes so much. I, I didn't, I didn't think they would be the factor that they were, and, and that this has been, you know, again, we maybe we overstated the idea of them placating Dame Lillard because he was their franchise's best player. Maybe Joe Cronin just simply didn't give a damn. And he doesn't care about Lillard's legacy. He doesn't care about Lillard's tenure there. None of it matters. He thought he did something to help Dame Lillard, and he clearly was not – Lillard was not impressed with whatever Cronin was able to do after he took over the job. He wants out. He put him in a corner, and like a cornered animal, he responded and kind of said, fuck you, I'm not sending you to Miami. That's basically what it comes down to. Pardon my French. We're going to have to bleep that no, out. Milwaukee had another offer. And to your point, like, it didn't matter that the offer was worse than Miami's. It just mattered that it was another offer. And I don't have the indication that Toronto ever had a real offer on the table. That's fair. You know, and and I just think that Milwaukee just had another one that was, I you could argue, is at least close to what what Miami put down. And so that if you're Cronin and you do that deal and you get Aiton in this other separate kind of part of the deal then you can walk away with your head held high and say, I didn't cave and I sent Damian Lillard from a small market to a small market and I didn't cave to the Miami Heat. And I guess if you're Cronin, you can look at that as a win. I think that they lost this trade in a big way. I, th- I think that this, they got absolutely fleeced. And I thought the Milwaukee Bucks stole Damian Lillard and may have just won a championship with this trade. But if you're the Heat now, a couple of different things that we can get into in, in future shows, but it's just worth pointing out as we're kind of thinking through this, David. The Giannis thing, if Giannis doesn't give that interview to the New York Times, I don't think this trade happens, number one. Maybe. He applied public pressure to the Milwaukee Bucks and made them desperate in a way that Miami was desperate, even though the word out there wasn't that they were desperate, but at least willing to trade for Damian Lillard and say, you know what, the hell with the money in the long term. We don't care about that because we're still willing to acquire Damian Lillard because it means we can maybe win a championship in these next couple of years. Yeah, Milwaukee with Giannis are in the same exact boat. If we don't do this, we could risk Giannis walking. And so not only do we not have Dame, we might not have Dame or Giannis. But also by doing this trade, David, the Bucks have taken Giannis off the market and Dame off the market. And so now any other team that is uh, – like there were teams like Toronto, for instance, maybe keeping their powder dry in the case that Giannis did become available. That's not the thing anymore. So the next superstar that does become available, it becomes that much more difficult for Miami to compete with other offers from other teams because those teams aren't waiting for the Giannis shoe to drop because that shoe is not going to drop anytime soon. So I just think that there's a lot of ripple effects of this, obviously. But the Heat have a decision to make. You, <laughs> They might have to stand pat with this roster, but they got to try to do something between now and the trade deadline because this team is not good enough. I don't think they do. I, I mean, I do and they don't. I, I do I do and I don't. I think they, they're fine with it because, you know, everything we've heard from Pat Riley over the last couple of years is just that, you know, there has to be the right move available for them. It has to be the near-perfect one. This was it. Uh, Anthony Chang from the Miami Herald just now posting that the Heat uh, had initial conversations with them when the trade request was made, and since then, nothing much. Basically, what we've heard all along. Uh, the Blazers never re-engaged the Heat before accepting this offer from the Bucks, so they never circled back with Miami and said, look, this is what we've got on the table. You want to up your offer or anything like that? The Blazers didn't have to do this, but the Heat found out about the trade when everybody else did via Twitter. This is This is... It just kind of backs up what we're saying, though. I think the level of spite here from Portland's side of it is is yes. astronomical. The yes. personal feelings involved here, and maybe it still feels like a win. Again, they got Aiton, which something Miami may or may you know could not have potentially offered, right? Or maybe they could have. Who knows? 
They could have done the deal with Aiton in it. Maybe, it been part maybe, of it. maybe. But I, I'm they, telling you, it would have. I'm, I'm not saying maybe. I'm no. telling you, it would have been part of it. I, but who There's, knows? Apparently, Miami was never really in, involved in those kind of talks either. So I, it's but just, they were talking with Phoenix. Yes, I know, I know, I know. But it's just <sighs> this is so weird. You're right, though. The spite, so the spite thing is huge. The spite thing is a major player in all of this. There's so much at work here, and so much behind the scenes that I think, as transparent as all of this was. Most fans don't even know about it, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know all about it, but talking to people the around the league, the level of, uh, uh, of personal feelings that were at play in all of this were so dramatic, were so dramatic that maybe it was impossible for the Heat to ever get Damian Lillard, and we spun our wheels for two months for, no, for nothing anyway. I think that to just put a bow on all this, Damian Lillard's side clearly overplayed their hand. They bluffed. Joe Cronin called the bluff, and he sent them to Milwaukee, where he's probably going to win a championship anyway. And the only team that ends up losing in all this, I think, is Portland for taking a worse offer. But at least you could say that we didn't cave to Miami, so I guess that's a win for them. But the real loser here is the Miami Heat, because I don't know what they do now. Because they lost Damian Lillard. Meanwhile, one of their biggest rivals in the conference just got that much better and are in a tier about uh, uh, with them by themselves, where before... Like on Tuesday, David, the Heat, the Bucks, and the Celtics were all in the same tier, and maybe Philly, depending on what you think about them. We're all in the same tier. But now Milwaukee's in a tier by themselves, maybe in the entire NBA, but most certainly in the Eastern Conference. And if I'm the Heat, I'm thinking, oh, I, you've got to do what we do. you got to come to grips with what just happened, that we lost out on Damon Lillard. But you got to figure out what you are doing next. Because Jimmy Butler is 33 years old, and this team isn't good enough to win a championship the way it currently is constructed. Certainly not over the Milwaukee Bucks the way that they're constructed right now. So we'll see what happens. Um, we'll have another episode for you later this week. Um, and uh, we'll be here uh, with more of the fallout from the Damian Lillard saga. I'm sure there's going to be plenty more to get into uh, in the coming days, David. Plus, we will have uh, episodes for you next week from Media Day and from Training Camp in Boca Raton. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have a bunch of news from there as well so david in the meantime um order that ice cream and wine and uh and a bottle of wine yeah <laughs> and we'll reconvene at least hey at least we don't have to talk about damon lord trades anymore <laughs> <laughs> you're right about that